Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck. That is the determining factor. We're uh, right in the middle of the, the reacting to the brutality of the murder in Memphis. Uh, of a uh, of a motorist who, as I understand it, was pulled over for reckless driving, and as I understand it, fled. The police captured him. They brought him into custody. They beat the living hell out of him, and he died. I think of a heart attack. Those facts aren't completely clear yet, but I believe that's the case. So this is a horrible, horrible tragedy, besmirching a really great city of really good people. So, be careful when you're walking in Memphis. <laughs> you're going to see the ghost yeah, of Elvis. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But um, look, I have this. They they had signs prepared to picket this event. And Antifa and Black Lives Matter had signs that said, Black Lives Matter, end police racism. Uh, then it turns out that, oops, the kid who was killed was black. The five cops who killed him were black. Mm-hmm. The director of the police force is black. So the signs had to be torn up and they had to become generic signs against police brutality, which I think is actually a step in the right direction. While all of this noise is going on and the riots and maybe the bloodshed, I have a very simple question that I've asked uh, on this program a year ago. Why do we stop motorists on the road when the for traffic violations? Why do we put the police officer and the motorist at risk by flagging them over when cars are whizzing by at 70 miles an hour and the, the motorist freezes because the cop could be coming in with a gun to kill him. And the cop is afraid that when he sees the motorist and the motorist sees him, that the guy's going to come out shooting. And he's worried if the, and the motorist is worried, the cop is worried, and everybody's freaked, everybody's panicked, all because he had a busted taillight or because he didn't have a correct registration or because he didn't have a license, it had expired. Or sometimes... It's more serious violations, but nothing that can't be dealt with without in-person confrontation mm. at the roadside, like reckless endangerment or uh, drunk driving. That's what you said this was, reckless. You know, yeah, he was, he exactly. was driving crazy. Right? Um, and with drunk driving, of course, you do need a sobriety test. But with the other things, you don't need that. What you need is to do what they do in London which is every inch of every road is photographed a million times, uh, several times a second, a minute. And 
every single motorist in London has his license plate photographed every single time of every single day. You go driving in London for two hours, your picture is going to be taken maybe 50 times. Wow. So Big brother. Track, so track what's going on. And if there is grounds to go after somebody, you check his registration, you check his license, you check his outstanding warrants, you check is there a bench warrant for this guy, uh, is, there a, is, is the license suspended that he's driving under. And if any of those pop out, you don't pull him aside at the roadside. You send it to his house by mail, and it arrives in his house, and if he doesn't pay attention to it after two or three mailings, you send cops to his house, right. and the two confrontation three, takes right. place on his front door, not on the roadside. And he knows he's not going to get shot. The cops know he doesn't coming out with a gun. It's a quiet, peaceful confrontation Hopefully. in the guy's house as opposed to on a highway where everybody's scared, everybody's on edge, and God knows what's going to happen. And there's a justifiable fear for their lives on the part of both the police officer and the motorist. But in his home, when the doorbell rings and you open, and they say, sir, you have, you have had three notices of a ticket for driving without a license. Uh, you haven't responded. Um, do you have a license? And the guy says, no. They say, well, you'll have to come with us, and they handcuff him, and they make an arrest. The point is that you do it without a high risk. Right. Now, the only reason that they do motorist pullovers is because the cops want the revenue. Uh, that is, they want the money from the ticket, and they want it to go to the police budget. If it just is mailed in, it's not going to go there necessarily. It's going to go to the general city revenues. But if it's in response to a cop pulling over a motorist— hmm. There's a bureaucratic basis for saying that this should all go into the police budget. Ah. And many of these police departments have over half of their funding from roadside pullovers, from those kinds of confrontations. So they don't avoid them. They seek them, and they make money from them. And yet all of the riots, all of the uh, mayhem that's been done because of Black Lives Matter or, in this case, because of Human Lives Matter, are because of this aggressive policy of pulling people over uh, on a roadway where everybody's whizzing by and there's no time to think and there's only time to react. And it seems to me that that is, it seems to me that that is just incredibly stupid policy. I agree. I agree. So the guy who just agreed, very intelligent <laughs> guy, is Doug DiPiero, my Sidekick, uh, Donald Trump's artist, ah. um, and uh, my maestro, maestro here, maestro, maestro, maestro. the author of new and uh, and artist, musician, jack of all trades. So, um, let's go to Peter in Flushing. Hey, Peter. Um, I love listening to you, show. I have a great deal of respect to you, but uh, thank you. I was in law enforcement for quite some time, and. Um, Towards the end of your monologue, you hit it. These offices are under tremendous pressure for quotas. And the public doesn't realize that. And it's not that the police department gets it. Mm -hmm. I can only reflect on New York City because that's where I was a police officer. And the quotas. Thanks for your service. Well, I appreciate that. Um, The things they would do to get you are like, right. They would change your tours. They would break you up from your partner. They would harass you. Really? The fact of the matter. 
Oh, no question. No question. The fact of the matter is this. When you pull somebody over, we don't pull anybody over just for the sake of pulling them over. We pull them yeah. over to safe force the lane, and that has to be articulated when we write up the ticket. And the ticket can always go basically the direction we want it to. The infraction is the infraction. But what happens while the ticket's being served is totally different. Right. You may be pulling somebody over for a brake light. However, this person might be running from a murder. Yeah. You never know what you're pulling someone well, over for. That makes, and, that makes a great deal of sense, Peter, but you don't have to do that at the roadside. Uh, you have the guy's license. You have his phone. You have his uh, photo ID. You have his address. You have his fingerprints. You have everything on the computer. You have a photo of what he did wrong. And, uh, and if you find that there's a warrant for his arrest for murder, if there's a bench warrant, you serve it. You send cops out to his house. You ring his doorbell and you say, and upon identifying that it's this guy, you bust him, you arrest him, you put him in cuffs, and you take him away. But there is no reason to do that in the middle of a roadside. There's no reason to do that where he could have a gun at the passenger seat under a coat or he's looking at the cop and the cop has his arm gun uh, available, invisible, and maybe even in his hand. Uh, These are pressure-filled situations that encourage violence. All I can say is that when we pull people over, I mean, do you have any idea nationwide how many car stops there are a day? They all go well. What happens is, and I'd like you to think about this, is a police officer can be right 999 times out of 1,000. But you know what I noticed? That that one time he may be wrong or made a mistake in good faith. Now, I'm not referring to these guys on TV. Absolutely not. Please don't. But I'm saying... At one time that we're wrong. Peter, I, we're I wrong. know that, but yeah, that's true. But the whole goal here is to prevent it, to protect innocent lives. And you can do that uh, without pulling them over, without having that risk. Um, let's go to uh, Anthony in Suffolk County. Hi, good morning. Um, I just want to talk about a few things that you said about pulling people over on the side of the road and having their pictures taken like you do in London. That's absurd. Big Brother's watching. Uh, we shouldn't have our pictures taken in public 50 times in an hour. It's not your picture. It's the car's license plate. And the car is instructed to grin so that the picture comes out nice. <laughs> Go on. Go on, Anthony. Go on, Anthony. Got, uh, grabbing people at home. Why, people don't have criminals, don't have guns at their home? They do, so but, they're they not, but, but they're a lot readier in the car. They're a lot readier when they see a police flash in the rearview mirror. They've opened, can open their glove compartment and get their gun out. At home, the doorbell rings. They open the door, and then you can proceed. Well, so it's, it's dangerous either way. You know, no matter how it, it is, but, but this is a lot less yes, dangerous. Yes, I think so. So when we come back, we'll talk about what happens when you ring the doorbell and classified documents fall out. <laughs> then you know you're at Biden's house. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. This is 77 WABC, and this is the Dick Morris Show. 
Talk Radio 77. WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Did you see the Trump rally yesterday in South Carolina and the one earlier in uh, New Hampshire. It was great. Well, if you did, you're one of the blessed, privileged few. Because 14 million people who get DirecTV couldn't see it. Because the bosses at DirecTV and their owners at AT&T decided you're not allowed to see it. They pulled the plug. Those and they pulled it completely on all Newsmax programming. And it's not just that Newsmax is a conservative outlet. It's that Newsmax... Unlike Fox and unlike any other network, covers the Trump rallies. Fox never does. Sometimes you'll see a little clip from what Trump said. But that long, hour-long speech, which he raises a host of issues and really educates us about it, is not forbidden from public view. And it's only only Newsmax that hangs on Mm. and provides this to people. Now, Newsmax had an audience of 50 million people by uh, their cable audience. Now it's 37 million because Newsmax has pulled – because DirecTV has pulled the plug. This is an ominous change in our system. In the past, censorship has been a result of government conduct. And we've always had a check and a balance on that because the Constitution provides that the government shall make no law restricting – or abridging the freedom of speech. And if they do, you can appeal to the courts, you can get an injunction, you can stop them, and you can stop the censorship cold. But here, but now, with a private, but now when we contract out the censorship to the private sector, and it's ATT and DirecTV, neither, not government agencies that are doing it, we can't sue. We have no legal basis for it. A private citizen can do whatever the hell he wants. He doesn't have to listen to anyone. He doesn't have to put them on his show. Hmm. And because they're not regulated like utilities, they're just private enterprise, and they can do what they want. But the point is that we get cut off, we get censored. Now, the left knows that they don't control the Supreme Court. The left knows that they don't control the House of Representatives. So they're contracting out censorship to the private sector and saying, you do it. You turn them off. That's why they had the FBI tell Twitter, you take down the Hunter Biden laptop. You don't publicize it. We're telling you not to because you're the private sector and you can do stuff we can't do. Now, this is just the beginning of this fight. Uh, DirecTV has been getting over 15,000 phone calls a day disconnecting the service. And uh, ATT has gotten many phone calls disconnecting their cell good, service. Good. And uh, this is a beginning, beginning of a long fight. Because there are millions of people now who have been curtailed as a result of this decision by DirecTV and ATT, and they're not going to take it lying down. 
They're not going to sit back supinely, and they have an option. They can do something about it. Yeah, write your congressman, write your senator, do all of that, get it out of your system. But pull the plug. Right. Take direct TV off. Get your TV elsewhere. And you can get it and, anywhere for the same price or cheaper probably. Exactly. And for an ATT, don't use ATT for your cellular service. Bye-bye. Use Verizon or any of a number of sources for that that do not try to cut you off from that's, what you can watch and what you right. can say. Uh, they have bitten off more than they can chew. And if you watch the Trump rally over the weekend, um, every three seconds there was a notice about how you can protest against DirecTV right, right. and how on. you can protest against ATT. And this fight has just started because this isn't a fight that's going to be resolved by an executive order or an act of Congress or a statement by the president. It's going to be resolved by 14 million people acting, right? every single person taking it on their own hands and acting to cut it off. A lot of money. Punish them with a market consequence so severe that they can't do it again and nobody else can do it again. This is the time for action. If you've been complaining about the left, about the cancel culture, about Black Lives Matter, about the whole exploitation of problems by the media to build their ratings and to help left-wing causes. If all of this has driven you crazy, be crazy no more. Pick up the damn phone and do it. Yes. Do it, do it, do it. So right. Uh, it's, it's absolutely essential that we do this because we can't allow this kind of censorship to stand. Hit them in the pocketbooks. We can't allow the media to say that they can't watch Donald Trump, who's a presidential candidate, and a former president, when he announces for president. Right. This was, the cable was pulled right before his first campaign rally. If you think that's a coincidence, you're hopelessly naive. Hmm. This was a deliberate effort to curb free speech and to basically get rid of it. And uh, I think it's absolutely outrageous, and we've got to take action to deal with it. Now, there's some comments here about my previous uh, rant about police practices, and I want to give them a chance to hear. Some of them are uh, are police, former police officers, and I respect them and want to hear their opinion. Let's go to Joe in New Jersey. Hey, Jake, how are you? Uh, yeah, uh, listen, I'm a big fan. I think you're a genius in politics, but you are so wrong in your statement about uh, uh, about you know, mailing or, or showing up to their house afterwards. And I've been in countless situations where you have to cuff somebody who doesn't want to be cuffed, and it's not easy. But I want to I want to just say one thing: is that most people, well, a good percentage of people who are driving these vehicles, the car is not registered to them. Right. Uh, you don't really know who they are. Most of the bad guys are are under radar. This is not. It's it just doesn't work. I mean, it's not it's not like red light cameras where it's revenue. And I and I actually take issue with, with you saying that the police want the revenue. Most po- police are out there to fight crime. They, they trust me. That money never finds its way into police budgets. Well, the revenue I, I got from thing. I got from the guy at the PBA that explained that to me. But you, the the other point you're making is a good one, which is the criminal may not be the guy driving the car. Um, who's unlicensed, and you can get him for driving an unlicensed vehicle, but you want to get him for murder because that's the underlying warrant. That's a good point. I have to think about that. Thanks for calling, Joe. Joe. Let's go to Jerry in Florida. Hi, Jerry. 
Hello, Dick. <clears throat> the, the viciousness of this attack uh, on this young man was just incredible. And to me, it seemed as as if this crew, I think they were called the Scorpion Crew. They had a special name, these, these police officers. This wasn't their first time doing this. They seemed like they were tag-teaming this poor guy yeah. and just kicking and stomping. It, it looked to me like it was an organized crime. They system. actually had to name the Scorpions? Yes, they, they were part of a special unit that was disbanded after this happened, and I believe the name of the group was the Scorpions. Uh, and these, these five guys really tore into this guy they as did. if they were they – they didn't want this fellow to live. Yeah. Now, Animals. for whatever reason, and that's conjecture, of course. Yeah. Uh, that's number one. And so we're talking about that. Secondly, about Newsmax, we watch all the time on Newsmax. We support Newsmax. And I think President Trump has it right on the money. Hit these guys in the pocketbook. AT&T has to realize that if they go woke, they're going to go broke. And we need to support OAR, Newsmax, and uh, the small guys because you are the, the words of wisdom that we need to hear every, every week. Well, thank, thank you, Dick. Thank you. You're so right. Um, so right. So um, when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about the classified documents, the uh, the speech Trump gave yesterday in South Carolina. We're going to play an excerpt from it, so stick around. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is 77 WABC, and this is the Dick Morris Show. Radio 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in One of the things I found most notable about this fabulous Trump rally that, that was yesterday, uh, just incredible, was a speech by Senator Lindsey Graham who said something that was very important and has never been said out loud. And it's crucial to the race. It's crucial to understanding Donald Trump and the reasons you need to support him. How many times have you heard, we like Trump uh, policies, but we want somebody new? There are no Trump policies without Donald Trump. I was there. You know why $400 billion was given by NATO nations? Because he asked and they were afraid to say no. (laughs) Every president since I've been up there has asked NATO to give more money, but they gave more money when he asked. People talk about China. You did something about China. They finally paid. Everybody's been talking about China. You made them pay. You know why Mexico said yes to you? Because you scared the hell out of them by taking on China. You know why the Abraham Accords came about? It's because you convinced the Arabs and the Israelis you were strong and you're reliable. You killed the terrorist. 
that needed to be killed. You convinced the Arabs to work with the Israelis, and the world is a better place. We live in a dangerous world right now. The good news for the Republican Party, there are many, many talented people for years to come, but there is only one Donald Trump. That's right. And I say this sincerely. You can talk about his policies, but you could not do what he did. Thank you. And, and you know, I've been in the White House with Bill Clinton, and many of the things Clinton attempted to do is stuff that Trump succeeded at doing. Clinton attempted to increase deportations. Trump succeeded. Clinton built 200 miles of border wall trying to seal the border. Trump succeeded and did seal the border. And the reason he wasn't able to – Clinton wasn't able to do it, but Trump was. And it's not just Clinton. The reason Reagan couldn't, the reason neither of the Bushes could do it, the reason Obama couldn't, the reason Biden couldn't do it is because they just weren't strong enough. They didn't have the – ability to make sure it happens. You know, how did Trump discipline North Korea and teach North Korea to want to be careful? North Korea stopped its nuclear testing and missile testing as soon as Trump took office, and then as soon as Trump left office, they resumed. And that's because Kim Jong-un made a statement that to Trump, be careful, we have a button. And Trump replied in very diplomatic, starch, formal language, listen, Buster, I have a bigger button than you do. He's a New and Yorker. North Korea backed down so fast you couldn't see him. Uh, because they didn't, didn't hear a peep out of them for four years. That's not the way diplomats speak, but it's the way Donald Trump speaks. Right. And for those who say that they want a kinder, gentler, nicer Donald Trump, my friend Doug here said it best. He said, in World War II, did you go to General Patton and say, you're a good military strategist, we like how you run the army, but we want a kinder, gentler, nicer George Patton yeah, to okay. fight the Nazis? Yeah, right. Yeah, that <laughs> chance that that would happen. It's true, though. So the key thing here with Trump is that he gets it done. And you're kidding yourself if you think DeSantis could do that or Pence could do that or Haley could do that or or any of those guys could do it. You're just kidding yourself. Donald Trump did it, and he did it because of a very unique and very unusual, put it that way, personality and method of communicating what he has in mind. And his style is totally merged with his substance. Washington is not a nice place. They don't play nice in the swamp. You have to be a tough SOB to put up with what they got and dish it back. You have to be a tough SOB to stand up there and get impeached twice. You know, Dick, I always said this forever. He's built buildings in New York with the Teamsters and with the Teamsters and the Italians and the and all the tough guys. And the, he's a New York tough guy. That's it. And yeah. he talks like a tough. You can't do the job. You're fired. Get out. Get the other guy in. Hey, Joe, you're in his. And that was the way he did it. And that's yeah. the way he's still doing it. And, and it's, it rankles with some people. Rankles. But he it's, would never how say you, rankles. it's how you get the thing done. Uh, the, uh, the swamp is a nasty place. 
nice guys finish last. You ain't kidding. And the only way you can get this done is to be tough, to be tough enough to face two indictments, two impeachments, to be tough enough to face the possibility of a federal indictment, to be tough enough to face the uh, cutoffs of the funding by the left, uh, to be tough enough to be censored off of direct TV right now by the left. And yet Trump is clearly tough enough and club he really is. can really clearly take it. You know, there's a very interesting phenomenon in the polling about Trump. John McLaughlin just did a poll and he asked Republican primary voters, do you think Trump should run again? And 58% said yes, but 34% said no. Then the next question, he said, if Trump ran, would you support him? And 76% said yes. There you go. Most of those who said he shouldn't run again told that he is running again are supporting him. <laughs> and that's the, that's such an anomaly, but it can be explained because they don't really think Trump's running. They didn't really, they don't see him eating hot dogs. They don't see him out campaigning. <laughs> they don't see him dogs? kissing babies. They don't see him pressing the flesh. <laughs> How do they know he's running again? And uh, yesterday was designed to teach everybody that, yeah, He's running. Right. And it was to make the 58s into the 76s. And I think he really did that. He can pick up 20 points by the perception that he's running. Amazing. I did some polling with John about a month ago, and Trump had a five-point lead over DeSantis in a two-way race. Now he's got a 13-point lead over DeSantis. What, what's the difference between them? The difference between them is in the interim, he ran. And it was clear that the guy was running and he was out there and he was talking and he was giving speeches. And the more he does that, the more he's going to be up there with the 76s, not back down with the 58s. Now, the Trump rally itself was absolutely unique in the way he explained what needs to be done. I think Dean in New Jersey has it best. Let's hear it. Hi, Dean. Yeah, hi, how are you? I just want right. to compare Trump to the guy who broke the first four-minute mile, and that was Roger Bannon. They said that it's impossible to do. By they, I mean the physicists, the biologists, the scientists. They all say, nope, the human being can't do that. But he did it. He did it on his own. And, and the, the really tricky part after that is after – I want to say Donald Trump – after Roger Bannister did that, four more people were able to right. do it. Right away, right away. So those are the and now every high school athlete has to break the four minute mile, otherwise he doesn't make the track team. Yeah, Trump showed him how to do it, but the problem is, is that Trump's not done yet. Roger Pannister did his thing; he's done, and all the people uh, know how to do it now. But there's still a lot of swamp to drain, and they ain't going to do it unless yep. it's Trump. You're well, right. we have a message here for Donald Trump. I've learned, and I've come back to stay. Let me try again. Let me try again. Think of all we had before. Let me try once more. That was great. Can I say one thing, Dick? Uh, yesterday at the rally, <laughs> one thing I love that he said, he goes, so you, you're driving an electric car up the parkway and you run out of power. What are you going to do? Take you. Does anyone have an extension cord? <laughs> 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 I was 
It's like a it's like a jumper cable. Does anyone have an extension cord? Yeah. He said. Well, when we come back, we can talk about the very specific things we want Donald Trump to do again. This is the Dick Morris Show on 77 WABC. It's true carnage in the stock market, unlike anything we've ever seen. The average stock is down 41.7% from its 52-week high, meaning that stock will have to rally 71.5% now to get back to its previous high. Meanwhile, gold is only down 8%, so it's proven to be a source of protecting wealth. Call the Patriot Gold Group today before it's too late. Mention WABC and you'll get best-in-class service from Patriots Protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has the no-fee-for-life IRA. We are IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver and you may be eligible for the no fee for life ira on qualifying rollovers call 888-594-7855 that's 888-594-7855 for a free investor guide today patriot gold group is consumer affairs top rated gold ira dealer six years in a row call 888-594-7855 I didn't think it was possible to meet someone like Susan. We just clicked after realizing we each have a strong sense of self and share the same core values in life. After taking our advanced personality test, Daniel and Susan matched on Silver Singles, the secure dating site for 50-plus singles who know what they want. Sign up today at silversingles.com slash romance. That's silversingles.com slash romance. Paid actors representing true customer testimonials. Names have been changed. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now Now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Talk Radio 77 WABC. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump, and now... He's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. How many times have you heard, we like Trump? Uh, All the time. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Let's be specific here. When Donald Trump was president, he closed the border and stopped illegal immigrants, child traffickers, human traffickers, drug dealers, cartels from crossing into the United States. He deterred Russian aggression in Ukraine. He stopped Russia from going after other countries. He made clear that if you did that, you'd face the full weight of the United States against you. Do it again. Do it again. Trump. He cut taxes in a gigantic tax cut. And the reason the economy is not dying under Joe, under Joe Biden 
is because the Trump tax cuts are still there. Biden never repealed them, and they're still there generating wealth and income in the United States and will be for a long time. He gave us job growth without inflation, uh, job growth where he added employment and wealth to the U.S. without inflation, without rising prices, incredible balancing act. Dollar eighty five gas. Now it's three fifty a gallon and just dipped to three fifty. It's gonna be high up in the fours. Because Biden has shut off production of energy, shut off shut down the oh. pipelines, shut down the uh, the fracking, cut it down, and he knows that that's gonna drive up gas prices. We want lower gas prices. was president, we had lower, the lowest crime rate in 50 years. Uh, we had a homicide rate less than it was at any point uh, ever since the Johnson administration. And uh, criminals were behind bars and they were not out on the street. And that's, and that's the amazing thing about Trump. He approaches this not just as a challenger who says, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. This is my ideas. He approaches it like an incumbent who says, look at what I've done. Look at what I was able to do. Ah, you can't close the border. It's a fact of life. The borders are open. Anybody can get across it who wants. No, I did it. Uh, you can't have uh, job growth like without inflation. You go above two, three, four percent growth, and you're going to hit a ceiling, and you're going to hit high prices. And Trump says, uh-uh, I did, and it didn't happen. Trump said you got to be strong in dealing with other countries. you got to stand up to them, read them the riot act, and stop them from aggressing. Stop China from going after Taiwan. Stop North Korea from testing missiles. Stop Iran from funding insurgencies throughout the entire world and terrorism. Uh, stop Russia from invading neighboring countries. And everybody said, oh, you do that, you're going to risk war. You can get us into another war. Uh, we're going to be fighting another endless war. And Trump did it, and it didn't happen. He showed that you can do this. First president with no wars at this Yeah, point. no wars, no casualties. No Americans died during his administration. So, amazing. Um, guy is just amazing. So, He's a great guy. Let's go to Judith, our friend from Hi, Brooklyn. Judith. Hi, Judith. Hi. By the way, your opening dick was great, and I think that you have a problem. You have too much common sense. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. In other words, you're trying to show how both sides, you know, the person in the car and the cop, how they both have fears, different fears, whatever. So you're trying to show that. Nothing more than that, you know? Yep. So yeah, you apply common sense to it. It makes exactly. a lot of sense. I appreciated that. Um, you know what? I need to vent. I hope you allow me to vent. I am just so angry. By the way, do you know Judge Napolitano at all? Yeah, very Judge well. Napolitano. Very good oh. guy. 
Oh, he's a good guy. Okay. Well, as far as I'm concerned, he's a very biased anti-Trump person from way back that I remember. And every time he's on, and he's now a regular guest on Sid's show last week, and I just have to tell you something. First of all, it seems as though there's this I'm Spartacus echo chamber mentality going on, meaning what I'm trying to say is all of a sudden everybody has classified documents as though they all are equal, uh, Dick, where they're not, you know? Somehow they want to minimize Biden's well, document scandal where he they, stuffed it a hundred places. Exactly. But the goal here is to try to say that everybody has documents. Pence had oh, documents. Everyone's doing it. Carter had documents. Obama had documents. And all of a sudden this crime that was unique to Donald Trump and would result in his being knocked out of the race. We're sorry. Everybody has them. It's not that serious. Oh, everyone's doing it. But this is that serious. This is deadly serious. Now, what I'm about to say is not proven. It's a conjecture on my part, but it's informed conjecture based on the facts surrounding the situation. We know that the classified documents that Biden had were dated from his vice presidency, 2016, uh, 2012 to 2016. We know that during that period, Hunter was heavily and actively engaged in lobbying for Ukraine the Burisma, the energy company, and for the Chinese Communist Party. And we know that among the classified documents Biden brought home with him, which had to be selective, they weren't, you know, he didn't have a wheelbarrow. They weren't millions of documents. (laughs) They were stuff he put in his briefcase. And those were documents that included classified U.S. intelligence briefings on the policy toward the Ukraine and toward China. And we know that Hunter Biden was living in Biden's house when Joe came home loaded with his Christmas presents. Smoking his crack. And we know that Joe, that Hunter took, the, may, we do not know, we think he may have taken that information, obviously, and used it for his client. He didn't just disregard it. He was sitting around. Uh, somehow he got the Burisma Energy Company and the Ukrainian government to pay him $11 million for over three years for a consulting contract about a sub- subject he knows nothing about, energy. <laughs> but he got it done. And is it possible to imagine that he got it done because he had this classified information, he made it available to them? And is it possible that Joe Biden thanked him for it and that Hunter paid Joe $50,000 a month rent that's a for a house that at most you'd rent for $5,000, maybe 4000 was a clear payoff. So they connect these dots, and this is not your father's classified document scandal. This is something completely new. You still there, Judith? I'm still there. <laughs> Fire away. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're funny. I wanted to say, besides all that, which is all absolutely on target, I wanted to say, I want to try and say that how could they even talk about Biden the same breath as President Trump or even even Pence? Because Biden was a senator. And as a senator, besides being VP, vice president, he had no authority to declassify anything, let alone take right. stuff away and stash it away. Right. President Trump could and he did. Good classify. point. But I want to bring, I want to bring out Judge Napolitani. I want to tell you because I'm very angry at him. Yeah, but I know he's a very sly, he's a very sly, inflammatory anti Trumper from way back when, and here he was on Sid's show the other day, and he, got, he had the nerve to say that Trump's documents are worse than Biden's. He also said, 
that the FBI had the legal right to search. And he said, search, not raid. And then when uh, Sid said the raid, he said, no, it wasn't a raid. It was a search. Of course it was a raid, which not only was a raid, but, you know, they didn't allow any lawyers to be present. They tr- closed the cameras down. Judith, you know, I'm, where I'm, was Biden? I, I want to move on, but thank you for your call. And thank your you, Judith. The important point to me is not so much what happened in the raid or people are talking about it, but that this is not the end of the document scandal. This is the beginning of the Hunter Biden scandal. This is the this is the opening gun in a scandal that's going to bring Biden down. Uh, John McLaughlin's poll shows that only 25 percent of, of Democratic primary voters want Biden to run again or would vote for him in a Democratic primary. Twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. Incumbent president, primary in his own party. Twenty five percent support. This guy is not going to be around for long. And this is going to knock him out of the race. He's toast. Let's go to Sandra in New Jersey. Hi, Sandra. Oh, hi. Hi, Dick. Hi, Doug. Um, Ronnie Pro, Central Love. Hi. But before I, <laughs> I wanted to say I read a disturbing article from Charles Gasparino. Uh, he's a contributor, as you know, on Fox, and Fox is with, with the Post, and that's where the article was. And he goes on to say that Trump can't beat people Joe Biden. He go, and then he goes on to write all the horrible things that Joe Biden does as a president, all his failures. But then he says Trump's unappealing. He's too predictably crazy, too particularly toxic. And then he goes on to say DeSantis is a populist, took on Disney, didn't alienate Wall Street, acts normal. Then, then I ask you, I, I hear all the positive things you say about the polls for Trump, and I'm so glad, and I need to hear it every week. Yeah. But I say, how can that happen with the big, you know, Facebook donors, people like that, well, leaving people, Trump? People understand that Trump is attracting fire, and he, they know that, exactly. and they welcome that. They like it, because it's clear that Trump is real, and it's clear that he's cutting into the opposition flesh and muscle, right. not just not just fat. And uh, it's it's so clear with Trump. And if he can't beat Biden, how come uh, how come he did? How come he's five points ahead of him now? How come he has Biden on the ropes and possibly out of the race? Uh, all Donald Trump and you say run DeSantis. I know two things about DeSantis. He's very good about protecting fourth graders from being exposed to sex. And he's very good at stopping Walt Disney and other companies from echoing that line. Right. And the second thing I know is that he's very good about getting illegal border crossers to be shipped to other states. Okay, period. End of sentence. The end. Now tell me what he's done about Russia. Tell me his record on job creation. Exactly. Tell me how he's been able to stop inflation. Tell me about how he's been able to deal with any of the major problems that we face uh, and deal with all of them in the way Trump did. How do we know he can stand up to That's Russia? right. We don't know. How do we know he can stand up to China? We have no idea. Right. Maybe he can. Maybe he can. But we don't know that yet. Big in a poke. Wait to 28. Uh, now, uh, George in Manhattan. Hi, George. Hi there. Uh uh, just a second. I'm sorry about that. Hi there. Uh, telephone uh, on speaker. I'm taking it off. Thank you. Listen, uh, Mr. Morris, thanks for everything and all the information ideas you're providing to us. Thank you. Uh, uh, let me. Uh, indeed, you're welcome. 
Now, regarding the, uh, you know, Ukraine, uh, I was just wondering, uh, first and foremost, I have two points, you know, in relation to Ukraine, very quick indeed, uh, you know. Uh, so uh, one is if, of course, we know that the fact that if uh, uh, President uh, uh, Trump was in power, we would never have to have uh, spoken right. one word about the Ukraine, that's or, or Ukraine, you know. Yep. Uh, however, however, look at all the side effects, that side disasters that we're going to face vis-a-vis this Ukraine war ongoing. And what about the aftermath? If it ever ends, who's going to pay for the reconstruction? One billion dollars. It will become Marshall Plan number. No, I think Russia is going to pay for it because I think that we will take it out of their oil earnings because by then we will not need Russian oil. And uh, I think we're going to be able to force them to pay a good deal of that reparation. But let me say this about Ukraine. I believe that Donald Trump should get up there and say, I support Ukraine. I want to defeat Russia. This is Russian imperialism unless we catch it now. We're going to be fighting it for decades. This is a resurrection of the Cold War. But we can't at once cut the defense budget and ship all of our armaments to Ukraine. We can't stand up to China and stop them from invading uh, Taiwan and denude our Navy of its ships and its equipment and send everything to Ukraine. I was talking to a high official in the national security system under Trump, and I said, how long will it take for us to replenish our armament stockpile after we've sent it all to Ukraine? And he said, five years. Five years. Five years. Well, China plans to invade Taiwan in less than five years. And I think there's a lot of stupid demands for accountability of the aid to Ukraine. B.S. What are you going to do? Have a CPA following the tank around and (laughs) writing down how many shells he shot Hmm. and who they hit? You're not going to do that. But what you are going to do and you must do is to say for each dollar we cut out of we got out of our defense stockpile and send to Ukraine, we're going to replace it with a dollar in the defense budget. You've got to spend money on the war in Ukraine, not by direct aid to Ukraine, but by sending them war material and replacing it in the defense department. We need that stuff. We've got to be able to defend ourselves and defend Taiwan and take care of our international responsibilities and at the same time protect Ukraine from Russian invasion. It's absolutely crucial. So we talked today a little bit about walking in Memphis. And my belief that the answer to this is to decrease the number of roadside traffic stops we have. When a motorist, when a cop stops a motorist in the middle of the highway, how does he know if the motorist has a gun? How does the motorist know the cop isn't planning to kill him? And it causes confrontation and angst and anxiety that often leads to gunfire and violence. We talked about DirecTV and ATT censoring Newsmax and how this is an entirely new development, the contracting out to the private sector, the privatizing of censorship. The government's not doing it, but it's getting the private sector to do it. Right. And the only antidote is to pull the plug, make these guys pay for every subscriber they lose and for every cell phone that turns them off. And then we talked about the overwhelming feature for Donald Trump 
which is that we want him to do it again. 